Welcome to Prolaw Help and Prolaw Tips and Tricks with Jason Davey. That's me. I am the owner and lead programmer of C2Axis.com. That's C, the number two, A-X-I-S.com. If you find the information that we're covering in today's podcast helpful, I encourage you to go over to my blog, check out some additional articles that may have been written about this subject that we covered today or other subjects that I've covered in the past. I also encourage you to sign up for our newsletter right on the front page. That way you can stay up to date when these new podcasts are launched. And lastly, feel free to email me or call me if you have any questions or need some help with your pro law setup about this topic or any other topic that you need help on. My email address is jason at c2axis.com. And thanks for listening. Here we go. I have a few things that I'd like to discuss today, but the first thing I'd like to begin with is matter and docket cleanup. So one of the things that I've noticed that this is truly a universal issue from small firms to large firms to even government agencies that have been running for more than 20 years. Nobody wants to do the unfun work of cleaning up and closing down matters. It's not fun. It's usually not billable. And for whatever reasons, in many different firms and organizations that all use pro-law, closing files and completing dockets, which in my opinion is tied to the closing file process at a minimum, is something that just doesn't get addressed often enough. And so I wanted to take a few minutes at the beginning of today's podcast to actually talk about why we want to close matters. One, inside of pro-law, a closed status means something. When you put a matter in a closed status, there are some functions internal to ProLaw, one of which being the transaction matter lookup window, is going to be controlled by what the status of the matter is. So if there are some matters that are truly closed and have been completed, we do not want to continue to search over open or search over closed matters when we're looking to add time. Now, they may not be closed in the system, but they're 20 years old and that attorney has, is no longer alive or with the firm, there's no reason to have that matter still open. So if, you've, if you have created special statuses, inactive, waiting to be closed, it doesn't matter. If the status is not closed, then the matter isn't closed to prolaw and some functions are going to work slower because we are not doing what we need to do for the database. Now, even for smaller firms that don't have the turn and burn of large transactional firms can still have this issue. I was just looking recently at a smaller firm on the East Coast. Um, I believe they have around 10 to 15 professionals and they have 1,800 matters. And my guess is that more than half of those need to be closed. So my recommendation is to create a Um, Because the reason that I want to get them closed in one reason is that I want to get to an accurate point attorney or um, responsible attorney or whatever your term of art is for the attorneys that are assigned to matters that we need to track, usually an associate of some type. I want to see a caseload report from my intake team every single day that says how many matters are assigned to how many attorneys. And that query should be over everything not closed. So that way, every day, we are looking at every single opportunity that we have to bill, to clean up, or to do work in our firm. 
And also, especially if we're starting the cleanup process from new, that if I have somebody that's been with the firm for 10 or 15 years and the very first time I run that report, they have 2,500 active matters or open matters. And of course, that's not a true representation of their caseload. We just need to close the last 10 or 12 years of history for that professional. But after we get all those matters closed, then we have a better judge, a better metric for our firm, for our management purposes, to be able to look at a assignment caseload by um, assigned professional, usually by whatever your term for quote-unquote main attorney is. That will allow us to better manage the caseload between our associates, between our attorneys. Also know that we can add a couple basic formattings like error, um, groupings like area of law or matter type. Usually internal to firms, not all matters are created equal. So I recommend creating a report that groups by professional and then by area of law, maybe down to matter type. And so that way you can see what all, and a glance, right? It's just a roll up number, you know, um, Jason Davy Point Attorney has 100 active matters. Um, of those 50 are lawsuits, 25 are pre-suits, and 25 are bankruptcy matters. Very quick summary, every single professional, in my opinion, crucial to firm management. Part of the reason that I also want to close matters is because if you are not completing your docket items as they are coming due, meaning you're working the entire file without putting a done date, for every single docket that you do, which is a different conversation, but let's just say that's your process for now. Whenever you close the matter, there's going to be a pop-up that says, do you want to complete the docket? The answer to that question should be yes. I am closing this file. I no longer need the docket. The reason that you no longer need the docket is because it's closed. The second reason that you no longer need the docket is because it's slowing your system down. So whenever ProLaw has to refresh your dashboard, anytime ProLaw has to do a rule set update, it's going in and, and querying for every single active docket. Doesn't matter what the date is. ProLaw can't assume that responsibility and liability. So if you are not completing your 500,000 past due tasks because you've been working with the firm for 10 years and have had 100 lawsuits every day that you've been there, the system is going to get slower until we clean up that past stuff that we no longer need. And why wouldn't we, right? We definitely want to. We want to complete all of that stuff. We want to mark it in our records as done and over and no longer active. So that way, then we can differentiate the things that are past due on purpose versus the past due on accident. So I recommend tying your closing procedures, your docketing procedures, anything that you need um, 100% of the time. Maybe it's liability purposes. Maybe you want to make sure that you always have fully executed settlement agreements, copies of the checks, whatever your pro closing procedures are. Also ensure that you're closing that matter to closed, that you're marking all of the dockets done. Next, custom docketing. So... This is just such a huge boon for anybody that buys ProLaw. The custom docketing, that, that the framework that we get access to with our ProLaw install means that we can um, create any process flow that we want and track it. 
So one of the first things that I love doing is new matter um, intake procedures or new matter notices. So we create a custom docket called a new matter notice that that has an assign that has a child docket that goes to the assigned pr- attorney that's also added to the general tab and says, "Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Attorney, you've been assigned this matter. Do X, Y, and Z and mark this thing done." We also send one to the assistant if there is one, send one to the paralegal if there is one, send one to a docketing assistant if there is one. All of those internal processes can be tracked on every single matter with each professional being responsible to go in and marking that done if you need that level of oversight. It's also a great training tool. What are the expectations when an attorney receives a matter for the first time? Now, this may not be applicable to some attorney that's been with your firm for 10 years, but as soon as you have a new hire tomorrow and they're getting tasking that is both relevant and applicable to their daily jobs at the matter level, then very hopefully the idea is that the new professional that comes on board will be able to scale up much quicker because we've already built in our documentation of process into the system using custom docketing. So use it. It's great. You can also build your own rule sets if there are no docketing rules available from Thomson Reuters. There's a couple jurisdictions that aren't covered, whether it be at the state level, maybe you do some customized employment work or some type of insurance practice that you have predefined steps that you must meet every time custom docketing is your tool. A couple things that I wanted to also mention about custom docketing. We have some additional fields that I highly recommend that you use. The first is there is an authority block underneath the docking. I think it's under the options tab, but it's under that authority. You can put in whatever you want. So if you are creating rules custom, but are being matched to a standing operating procedure or a local rules for a local jurisdiction, put the rule reference in the authority. If it's purely an internal administrative um, trunk function tracking, then just put in firm or put in the name of your firm, or put in the name of the initials of the person that created it and the date that they created it, because a lot of times we don't know that information. So use the authority field. Second, you can inherit parent professionals, or you can inherit assigned professionals from the general tab to the docketing. That's an option. Or you can manually assign a specific individual to that task by their initials. But If you create custom docketing assigned to a professional by their name, whenever that person leaves, or if they ever leave, that has to be updated to another professional. Otherwise, you cannot mark them inactive. I am going to put out a blog post um, later on today about how to find the dockets where a professional has been added that you want to mark them inactive. It's, there's not a great way to do that lookup, so I'm going to post some code later on today. So if you've run into that problem, I'm trying to unassign somebody a license, but it won't let me because they're assigned to a docket, check out the blog. You can also, inside of custom docketing, ask to create. It's a little button that says um, ask to create. And what that will do is it will pop up that docket with a yes, no question. And what you can do is kind of carefully sculpt your event notes first line for that docket item into a question. 
And then you can have follow up or you can just have a prompt. And so like you could say, you know, is motion to dismiss required? Is, you know, um, motion to compel required? Is, you know, you could just go down and instead of making all of those dockets add automatically, you can have an option of whether or not the, you know, they get a pop up when they initially add it that says yes, no. And so it enables you to add all of the custom docketing rules that may be required for your process, but still give the professional the ability to say no and not have to go through additional steps of deleting or marking it done. You can also create custom due dates. So if you have 25 steps in your process, the very first step is plus one days, the second one is five days, the third one is seven days, the fourth one is 10 days, so on and so forth, you can do that by using the day calculation. Also remember that you can use the before or after if that five or seven days falls on a holiday or a weekend. So if it's five days, but that falls on a weekend, then you can use the checkbox that says moved it before or move after the weekend, whatever your preference is. You can have multiple levels. So if you had, you know, my firm process is the parent, and then the first child is initial discovery, and then underneath that is another one that says, you know, get documents from client, do initial research, file initial answer, and then that's the initial that one's all rolls up to the initial and then the second one could be you know discovery process you know do discovery requests you know have you received the discovery request back follow up 45 days after that so on and so forth so you can create tiered systems in type of custom docketing once you create a custom docket though and one of the children and you've used it it's just like a document you can't delete it so you can't go in out of the 500 things in a custom document that you've added and then go in and just delete the one thing that you no longer need. What you can do is mark it to do not show or do not docket. And then inside of the custom docketing window, you'll get a little um, round circle with a cross through it, meaning that it just doesn't add. And that's your visual cue that that docket is not being added anymore. You can also add document templates to custom docket trees, but you still have to create the, you still have to create the document. So just by adding it to the custom docket doesn't mean that you can just double click on the document and it's instantly going to be done if it has an underlying template. So it will you will, the you can add that document template, but you would still have to click on it and then hit create document each time in order to um, make the document populate the information. It won't do it upon adding the docket itself. Um, so, you know, there's lots of different reasons for this, but, I mean, or, you know, why you would want to still do it this way. So, for example, if you just wanted to make sure that you had your conflicts to report checked there every time, or if you had it in a Word template, you would definitely just want to create that conflicts, but it's going to want to be created from the information that's in the matter. So it kind of makes sense to make sure that you get all of your information fields filled out first, and then hit create document if that document is embedded into the docket tree. All right. One thing. I'm just going to say it out loud. Hopefully everybody knows this. Pro-law front office and one office has the ability to have time pop-up entry windows in line with your professional's workflow. You can turn on a time entry pop-up box every time a professional goes into a matter, every time they open a Word document from Pro-law, and every time that they open a Adobe document from ProLaw. So you can also do it for emails too, but I've never turned that on. And what that means is, is that every time they go in to do their work, to do their docketing, it opens up a little window and it goes to the background. 
And then when they close that matter to go on to the next thing, it pops up a little time entry window and says, hey, do you want to bill your time? Turn it on. Turn it on. Turn it on. Turn it on. It will increase your amount of revenue. If you have attorneys or professionals who refuse to enter in their time, turn it on. Tell them that they have to fill it out. Your billable hours will go up 100%. We have the ability to remind our professionals to bill time every time they do a new action. Use the feature. It works. All right. Let me make sure I'm, I'm okay on my time here. Sorry, I'm still getting used to the... Oh, I'm a little bit over 15 minutes, but I'm going to keep going because i got some important stuff that I want to talk about next. Transactional professional setup. So this was something that came up... Um, with one of my clients this last week, if you have an attorney that needs to only see certain other attorneys' time entries, including themselves, but also you know some junior attorneys or maybe even paralegals, enable the transactions professionals uh, view other professionals' transactions and change other professionals' transaction options under the transaction security class setup. And then underneath the professional record, then you get access to the transaction professionals where you can list every professional that you want that individual person to access. So just know that ProLaw has it built in the ability to specify for one professional to see other professional stuff. Now, of course, you can leave it off by default, right? And you can just see your own stuff or you can see everybody's stuff. That's typically how it is. But know that you have the ability by default right out of the box to assign um, professional to a certain um, time entry, review, edit, all that stuff by, by professional if you want. Also, just while we're talking, one last sec thing. Fill out your professional record fields. So professional class, their title, their office, their department, their alt department, their phone numbers, um, when they were first employed, when they were terminated, All of that information, fill it out in the professional record. It's good information to have. For all of your professional classes and your offices and departments, this is how you can create internal groupings for your report processes. So if you're constantly manually grouping professionals by, you know, um, bankruptcy and your commercial and um, residential liability group, you know, if you, whatever your divisions or by office happens all the time, fill out the office tab or drop-down field, and those are all custom. You can make them whatever you want, but fill it out for all of your professionals and then notice how much cleaner and easier your transaction and your financial reports are to run because you can use those pre-built fields. So I went a little bit longer than I than I wanted to. I'm trying to keep this around 10 minutes. I think we're going to be at 20 with the intro and outro music, but lots of good info today. If you have any questions about anything that we covered today, feel free to reach out. Hope to hear from you soon. Hope you're well. Bye.